Well, officially, good morning. It is good to be together. Amen. Amen. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm uh, slowly trying to, to uh, re-enter society, if you will. It is so wonderful to be able to see our, our faces this morning. Uh, again, uh, as, as Jackie had mentioned, masks are optional. Um, you know, we, we've got this new order from the governor saying that if we've been vaccinated, you know, that it's okay to be without masks. And just so you know, we are not the vaccine police here. <laughs> so uh, again, we're just so glad that you are here. I uh, was out this this weekend and went to Target and it was weird. I walked in, I'm like, okay, I don't have a mask. And I asked the lady that was up front and she said, no, you're okay. And I said, okay. And, and then I had gone to uh, Kroger again, just double checking because I, I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing wherever I am. And um, I, I like to shop up here at the Kroger on Tylersville and I see some of you up there. And sometimes you may think that looks like Pastor Julie, but I'm not sure. Because sometimes I have a hat on my head and no makeup. And I'm in And see in the mask, I could really get away with it now. I'm busted. So anyway, I was uh, checking out, and, and um, at the, uh, this Kroger, they hire just the most wonderful uh, young people to bag the groceries. And I was talking to one of the, the young girls, and she was so cute. She was talking to me about, you know, the new order and don't have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated. And, and I said to her, oh, I said, isn't it wonderful we can see each other's faces? She says, yes, and we can breathe, too. <laughs> I said, and then there's that. So you will notice I have an accessory up here with me today. This is my ordination banner. Uh, rumor has it that I was ordained last week. So, and we're having a little cake after. So I'm going to encourage you to, to stay after uh, for that. It's Costco cake. So I don't know if we have any Costco fans out there. They make good cake. So, um, but I've got my, my banner here with me, and I want to take a moment just to thank uh, Mary Jane Deshawn. She did a, an amazing job uh, on my banner. I also want to thank uh, Becky Clunk as well as Amy Valentine, uh, who had uh, a lot of creative input to make it happen. And uh, it's just such a blessing to me, and I'm just so grateful. And um, I have uh, sewing skills. Uh, we, 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 there's a term, a seamstress, and then I would consider myself a sewer, and some of you may be a sewer like me that I can sew on a button. That's about the extent of my sewing skills. So I am just in awe of all of you that have uh, that gift and that ability uh, to, to actually sew. And so uh, today is Pentecost Sunday, as we know, uh, which is exciting. And we are reminded that it is the gift of the Holy Spirit for the church and the birth of the church. And we know what happens on Pentecost Sunday, it calls for red shoes. So I'm so excited. I was pulled out my red shoes uh, today for Pentecost Sunday. So Jackie shared a little bit about this, but I want to back up uh, for us of how we got to Pentecost. And we have been in something called Eastertide or um, Easter season. And it's the 50-day period uh, from the resurrection to Pentecost. And during these 50 days, it has been a time to celebrate Jesus' resurrection. And I want to, to, to share uh, some scripture with you this morning uh, that tell us a, a little bit of what it was like for Jesus' disciples during that Eastertide time. And it's this time where Jesus is concluding uh, his physical time here on earth. Hear these words from Acts 1, 6 through 9. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. We see throughout this 
this Lenten and season of Eastertide, significant uh, events, a significant chain of events in a relatively short period of time. Jesus' life, both human and divine. His ministry of healing, performing miracles, and teaching. His brutal death and triumphant resurrection. And then his ascension, taken right up before their very eyes. I don't know about you, but, but I think this is a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in. Uh, but, they're, but they're living in this moment, and it had to be confusing, and it had to be exciting, and a whole mix of emotions. And you can't help but wonder uh, that they were thinking, okay, what's going to happen next? What's next? Many of us are, are, are living in a what's next kind of season. Locally, we've been given the green light to take down our masks for those who have been vaccinated. And we've got freedom to shop uh, without masks. We've got freedom to be uh, in worship without our faces covered. And again, it's, it's totally an option to do that for some that want to continue. Travel is starting to uh, ramp up with many countries opening back up. And uh, I'm looking forward to going back to the Holy Land in October as things continue to, uh, to continue to open. And then we've got a big question such as what's next for the United Methodist Church? Likely a, a division over same-sex marriage. And what's next for the church, for all of us, as we emerge from 14 months of isolation and distance? Like the disciples, it uh, is a bit confusing and it's exciting, but also there are a mix of emotions, if we were honest, of what all of this feels like. The disciples needed to figure out what their next move was, and likewise, we need to figure that out as we come out of COVID. We need to, to figure out what that looks like spiritually, physically, emotionally, theologically. Just as Jesus gives a mission and a promise of the Holy Spirit to his disciples, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Our mission is to be his witnesses here in our local community. And he gives us what we need to fulfill that mission, the power of his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, it comes to us in a variety of ways, through courage and through boldness and through confidence, insight, ability, and authority. Jesus tells them you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And I can't help but wonder if his disciples looked at each other like, okay, what the, what the heck is that going to feel like, right? We have been through so much. What's that going to feel like? What does that even mean? And I love how Luke describes it. Uh, he describes this encounter and he tries to describe it the, west, the best way that he can with these descriptors, such as it sounded like or it seemed to be. Hear these words from Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like a blowing wind of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then in verse 5, now... There were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these speaking Galileans? And then we pick up in verse 11. Both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, 
We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, amazed and perplexed. They ask each other, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they'd had too much wine to drink. You see, the people were both curious, skeptical, and a little critical. People had come from near and far, and they crowded together. And many of us have, have been in events where we're crowded together, and they were shoulder to shoulder, and, and they're trying to nudge their way up front. Ever had that experience where you're just trying to make your way a little bit closer? They didn't want to miss a word. It's estimated that there were thousands in attendance that day. And you can sense the anticipation. Jesus was gone again. And now those who were the closest to him gathered to address the crowd. Peter, the one uh, who, who often did not think before he spoke, who was brash, the one who denied Jesus three times, was called to preach on this pivotal occasion. You see, God gives power and releases his power to those he calls and equips, even in our faults and our shortcomings and lack of faith at times. Peter stepped up and he spoke out. And I can't help but wonder in our insecurities where God is calling us to step up and to speak up. We are given the same Holy Spirit as Peter to do the things that we don't think that we're capable of doing. Where is God nudging you in this season? Peter, with his disciples by his side, raised his voice and he began to speak these words. Let's lean in and listen carefully. Acts 2, 14 to 21. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter says, in the last days. I think sometimes we can read scripture uh, trying to maybe be fortune tellers. When will it be the last days? We've got this sign and we've got this sign, right? Could this be it? But what Peter's talking about when he says, in the last days, is from this point on. And that means today. That means today. God will pour out his spirit on all his people. You will dream dreams and you will prophesy. You will, you will see signs and wonders, and it will be a modern-day Pentecost. I, uh, I grew up in the era of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Anybody else? Anybody else know who I'm talking about? Okay, all right. So I, I grew up in that era, and uh, my family and I lived in North Carolina uh, just for a year in the Charlotte area, and we went down to visit Heritage USA, and it was something to see, and I just 
was, it was just, I couldn't connect an amusement park with the, the Lord, I don't know. And so it was an interesting um, experience, and um, it, it made me skeptical, right, of, of the, uh, the old holiness movement and any type of encounter. And as I have continued to walk with the Lord, I have a, a hunger for more of the Holy Spirit. And a few years ago, I started uh, attending various conferences that were spirit-filled. And again, I just had the, this, this nudge that, oh gosh, I want to know more. I want to experience more of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm at these conferences, and you may think this is strange because there's some of it that it's just not in our normal Methodist nature. But people are being prayed over, and some of them are falling out in the spirit. And they're all around me in this worship venue. And it was fascinating, but also at the same time, as someone was coming to pray for me, I thought, how am I going to respond uh, to someone praying over me? And so this person comes up and, and lays hand, is, is praying over me, a blessing, and impartation. And all of a sudden, I have this fire burn on the inside of me. I'm telling you, it just lit up my inside core like an inferno. And ladies, I just want to tell you, it was not a hot flash. It was not a hot flash. So I have this just immense heat in my body, and it was unlike, again, anything that I've ever felt, and my hands began to tremble, and I began to weep, weep, and it was just an absolute powerful moment for me. It was a Pentecost moment that I feel was a baptism of the Holy Spirit that has changed me forever. It has changed the way that I pray, how I read scripture, how I hear and sense uh, the Lord. And I believe in the prophetic, I believe in healing and miracles, and I'm no longer a skeptic. And I've changed the way that I think about that. You know, it's, it's, it's taking us out of our comfort zone, and I believe that God calls us to take us out of our comfort zones. So Peter concludes his message in verse 38. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many words he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to the number that day. As I reflect on his, on his message, on his sermon. I, I think, what are our takeaways uh, from that for us today? One is, is to stay curious, right? Stay curious and, and, and be in tune with how is your relationship with God? We don't come to worship. We don't have a Christian life for just merely information, but for transformation, to be uh, transformed by the reading of the scriptures, to encounter the living God to show up in our relationship with God and to ask questions. It is so good to ask questions. And then also to be in community. Who are you doing life with? The fellowship of believers, it matters. We're not meant to live this Christian life alone, but together. And then to perceive and receive the power of God. Pay attention. He's all around us. In the United Methodist Church, uh, we believe in prevenient grace, and prevenient grace is where God goes before to prepare the way, the promised Holy Spirit. Years ago, there was a, a young mom who wanted her children to experience the love of God through the institution of the church. She would uh, load up her three kids in the minivan and strap them into her car seat, and she would make her way to church. 
And she also joined a small group to, to learn more about God and to meet other women in the church. The leader of the group graciously opened up her home, and the group met in her living room. And lifelong relationships were formed because of that group. After Peter's, after Peter's sermon, life changed. People gathered for intentional community. You see, it's the blueprint of the church. Here are these words from Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, or church. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That young mom grew into an older mom, um, and she had stepped into that Bible study who met in the living room of that person's house some 20-some years later. But this time it was to see the completion of this banner. You see, Mary Jane Deshawn welcomed me into a small group, into her home to experience the fellowship of believers. Little did we know that two decades later that she would be making my ordination banner. It's special to me for many reasons. On this banner, you'll see images of the United Methodist Cross. I have been uh, Methodist my entire life. And there is uh, the symbol of baptism on their water, a reminder that we are claimed by Christ through the waters of baptism. And then we've got this beautiful gentle dove at the top representing the peace of the Holy Spirit. And then when we also got a burning fire that also represents the power of the Holy Spirit. And then at the top, you'll find my favorite verse. It's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not of your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. As I uh, reflect on this beautiful piece of, of artwork that, that, that she so beautifully put together, I was looking at the path, and as we can see, it's a, it's a winding path. And, and I don't know anybody that who has planned out their life and has a straight path. Anybody had a straight path and you started out and said, yeah. If you have, let me know. <laughs> the older I've gotten, the more I realize the curvier the path gets. Yet the power of the Holy Spirit is with us in every bend in the road, every pothole, and every detour. You see, what may seem curvy, or whining to us is straight to him. We've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit to do what we could never do on our own. John Wesley is a founder uh, with his brother Charles of the Methodist movement. John Wesley wrestled with knowing if he was saved. And he had this desire to have this sense of assurance Wesley had uh, a touch of the Holy Spirit when he heard the reading of the preface of Romans on Aldersgate Street. And it's known as his Aldersgate experience when he felt his heart strangely warmed. He knew that he was saved in Christ. 
Yet over the next 12 months, he was still wrestling with his faith and he was having fear and he was having some doubts. Similar to some of us that we have fear and doubt at times. The Moravians, Moravians had a, a big impact on John Wesley and, and he went to meet with them. He had some, some questions and needed to get some, some clarification with what he was wrestling with in his faith. And he met with the spiritual community of the Moravians at Fetter Lane. And it was here that he experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is this holy love and an outpouring of God's love and power. I'd like to share with you uh, a, a, a journal entry uh, that he wrote in his journal about the experience. John Wesley says, Mr. Hall, Hinching, Ingram, Whitfield, Hutching, and my brother Charles were present at our love feast in Fetter Lane with about 60 of our brethren. It was about three in the morning as we were continuing instant in prayer. The power of God came mildly upon us insomuch that many cried out for exceeding joy and many fell to the ground. As soon as we were recovered a little from that awe and amazement at the presence of his majesty, we broke out with one voice. We praise thee, O God, we acknowledge thee to be the Lord. You see, we have deep roots in the holiness movement. In fact, uh, we birthed the Pentecostal church, believe it or not. Yet, for some reason, we don't talk that much about this part of our Methodist history. You see, just as the Spirit moved, then it moves today. Modern day Pentecost. Divine encounters, this is the start of our, our new sermon series, divine encounters that we not only see throughout the pages of scripture, but in the here and now. So a question for you this morning is, what is your next move in your spiritual journey? How are you positioning your heart and your head to receive the outpouring of God's love? It has been a challenging 14 months. And again, trying to navigate our new normal. And what does that look like for us spiritually? What does it look like for us spiritually? Won't you join me in a time of prayer? Almighty God, we thank you for this opportunity to gather as your body of believers. God, we come seeking you this Pentecost Sunday. We've come to worship and to praise your holy name. God, I pray that you would kindle your fire in each and every one of us. That God, in this moment, that you would pour out your spirit afresh and anew on us. And God, I pray for an outpouring of liquid love just to flow over us in this moment. Lord, I pray we would feel it. Lord, washing over us as we gather in this holy place. Father, I pray to release your power on us and through us. And Lord, I pray that we would walk out of here different than we came in. God, we thank you that you are with us all the time. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is with us, works through us, in us, and goes before us. And I pray for a greater spiritual awareness Father, we thank you again for this opportunity 
to meet you here. It's in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus that we pray. And all of God's children say, Amen. Amen. Amen.